What is up everyone? This is Edwin from the Daily Laker. I just finished a conversation with uh, Daniel Ortez from the Daniel Ortez podcast. So we're talking about Lakers, LeBron, Dwight Howard, coronavirus, a lot of good discussions. So um, check this podcast out, check his podcast out, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Welcome to the Daniel Artes Podcast. I'm here with Edwin from the Daily Laker, and we're going to talk about a uh, tough loss last night uh, for the Lakers. Uh, you know, they lost to the Nets 104-102. Spencer Dinwiddie led the Nets with 23 points, and Karis LeVert chipped in with uh, 22 points. Biggest win of the year. For the Nets and for the Lakers, I think it was a disappointment. Uh, Edwin, what's going on, man? What's what's on your mind? Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, man. Uh, I love this. Collaborating is going to be fun. But I agree with you. Disappointing loss. I thought they definitely had a good chance to win. At the end, obviously, Anthony Davis had that open three. If he would have made that, you know, game would have been done. But um, I really think that the, who they missed was Dwight Howard. You know, I noticed looking at the stats that they uh, they were down on the total rebounds, offensive rebounds. They lost that uh, points in the paint. They lost that, and those are some some key stats to look at and what Dwight Howard brings to the table. Yeah, um, Dwight is definitely you know one one of the mainstays on the Lakers right now, and it's funny that I'm saying that because. You know, a couple of years ago, he wasn't. Everybody wanted him out because, I guess, the way he wasn't playing. And now he's playing this role in a lesser role, and he's actually more needed, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We, I think we take, it, take him from, for granted, you know, because he was here and he, it didn't work out. And, and now he's back, and slowly he, he got his, his role back. He figured out what the team needed to uh, out of him in order to be a, an important player in the team, and uh, you know, obviously he 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 used to be a superstar, but he's not at that level anymore. But he still brings in that that effort, you know, that energy when he's on the floor. And I always hear about the Clippers having dogs in their team, but for me, Dwight Howard is that dog on the on the Lakers team, where he he's you know bodying everybody, he's fighting for the rebounds. And so that that energy to me is the biggest difference that he makes when he's on the on the court with the rest of the guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I want to touch on the Lakers not really having a third option. You know, their third option rotates. You know, sometimes it's it's Kuzma, then some nights it's it's like the other night it was Bradley, and sometimes you know it, it'll even be Colwell Pope or Danny Green. Sometimes Rondo. Like they really need a third guy to help out Anthony Davis and LeBron because. You know, regardless of how good those two are, you need your your others to win to win a title. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. And and so I read this article by Sports Illustrated and what they pointed out was that the Lakers have been doing this all season, right? Trying to figure out who that third option is. And in reality, we haven't had a number three step up consistently. Like you said, it's been Kuzma at times where he comes in and puts in 20 points and he creates his own shots then sometimes you have Caldwell Pope come in and just make some threes Avery Bradley had a good game against the Clippers so so we don't have a specific third player but I think 
every night there's going to be somebody that steps in into play. And one thing that the article mentioned was that at the end of games, right, like who's going to be that 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 end, ending lineup? And we don't have one right now. It kind of just depends on what the other team presents, what the other team has on the floor. And then Coach Vogel just reacts to that and puts in players according to that. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? Because then the, the Lakers don't build that chemistry with each other at the end of games. But then at the same time, if somebody's high, like you want to keep them in there, right? Yeah, yeah, you want to you want to keep him in there definitely, but I, I want Kuzma to be that third guy because he's the most talented after um, LeBron and AD. And Kuzma's the most talented one. You know, you, you he needs to step up. But I I, I said this on a, on, a, on another podcast that I did that Kuzma he only plays well when he's starting. When he's not starting, he just goes into this other type of game. Even though you know last night he had fourteen points on nine shots, I think I still think that he could do more. You know, he's his offense is so good, but it seems like his body language and his attitude kind of, um, you know, takes away from his game. And um, he, should, he could be doing more like or if you think he's not getting enough shots, he can create more shots like, you know, crashing the offensive rebounds. I see he only had five rebounds, but it was all defensive rebounds. And, you know, I think that he needs to come up with more, do more of the little plays, the things that don't come up on the stat sheet. And I think that he will get himself more involved in the game that way. Yeah, and I agree with that too. I, I like Kuzma. I think that the Lakers kept him when they traded everybody else for Anthony Davis for that reason. I felt like they they thought he had really good potential to become, become a, a good player. And I think he still does. But the times that I've seen him step up, is when, like, LeBron is not there or Anthony Davis is not there, where he takes that role of, like, okay, I got this. You know, I'm going to create for myself. I'm going to create for others. Yeah. I'm going to make make things happen. And so I think right now for him is, is uh, having the mentality, right, that Mamba mentality to be like, I'm here. I, you know, we got this opportunity to go for a, a, a championship, so I got to step up and play as hard as I can. And like you said, just just do the little things that maybe don't come up on the stats she you know like getting giving other players screens and you know doing things that are going to help get everybody else involved um even if he's not you know scoring the most points or getting the most rebounds or more assists i agree i agree with you to a point i think that kuzma needs to play how he how, how he plays with when lebron or ad is out he needs to play like that regardless you know that's what's going to help him you know, it's okay to be more aggressive and stuff. And then sometimes you might have to take shots away from LeBron and AD. They're going to get their shots anyway, regardless. But I think that a, um, Kuzma, he's too good to be just taking nine shots, you know. I, I think that he really – he literally needs to get to the 13, 14, 15 shot range to help this team because I, I feel like he's leaving a lot of food on the table, you know what I mean, after the meal is done. When I mean what I'm saying is like after the game is done, it still looks like it's, it's still a lot of food on the table that he's left, that, that he's leaving. You know, he's supposed to just, you know – Get his meal, eat eat his meal, and then and then go go home, go about his business. You know. Do you think that he he took this less of a role, or not not playing as hard as as he can because he's not starting anymore compared to last year? Yeah, I, I think you can see. I think he's frustrated. He's not showing it, and he's been a really good teammate from what I'm seeing on TV and everything. But I, I'm sure he's frustrated because he feel like he can do more. But he needs to really. 
he really needs to just take more shots and just be aggressive. It's okay. You know, I think LeBron and AD will welcome that that third score to be more aggressive. And I also want to say something else about what you said about um the trade with Anthony Davis. I think they would have traded Kuzma, but I think the Brandon Ingram contract matched up more. It was more money because Kuzma was a late first-round pick. You know, Ingram was a, a top-two pick. So the the money added up. I think that if they had it, if they can do it with this trade over and figure out a way, they would have did something with Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart and kept Brandon Ingram. Because just imagine Brandon Ingram on this team right here with you know with this current roster, the Lakers would be would be a problem. I mean, they're already a, oh, they're already a problem, but you know to have that third score, somebody that can get you that twenty twenty five a night, you know, on any given night, that's what they need. Yeah, no doubt about that. Brandon Ingram with this lineup, they would have been tearing it up even more because of that reason, right? He would have been the definite third guy on the team. And and even like the second guy most most of most of the time, you know what I mean? Because he's such a, a good great scorer, he can create for himself. And then also he played point guard for the Lakers for a long time. So when LeBron's not there, he would be the the main one instead of Rondo or right or somebody else that would be playing that role. Yeah. Yeah, but let's let's move on to the Nets side because the Nets had a crazy weekend so far. You know, firing a coach and you know, um, Kyrie Irving's out for the rest of the season and things. And and you know, they're talking about how they everybody's thinking that Kyrie's coach killer and and you know, ended up just making this decision because of I think that Kyrie and Kevin Durant wanted DeAndre Jordan as a starter. And he wasn't starting, so I guess they had to do what they had to do, you know. So, but the Nets, you know, they they play hard underneath the circumstances, you know. They they fought really hard. Yeah, and I I you know watching the game, I felt like there was a different energy to the team. They seemed more excited to play. They seemed like they were having more fun, and and I I agree with you in that DeAndre Jordan, they they got him during the offseason to be a starter. So why he was on the bench didn't make sense to me. He's a, a great player. He, he you know, plays hard on defense. He gets you the defensive rebounds. And obviously, you know, he, he's a, a high-flying player. So if you just lob it up, he'll catch it and throw it down. So I, I like having him back in the starting lineup. And uh, with Tyree Irving, I feel like he's misunderstood, man. He gets so much negative attention on the media. But I think he's a great player. Uh, when whenever I hear him speak, he sounds very down to earth, very chill. I I just feel like he's misunderstood. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think Kyrie Irving is very misunderstood. You know, I think that it's the media that paints this picture. You know how the media control narratives because you know the what's the narrative right now? Um, since you know Kobe passed away, you know LeBron got to take this whole thing on his shoulders and win the title and win the MVP because he's going through a lot with. Kobe Bryant's passing. I think that's a, a narrative that that's just insane. But I think like the situation with Kyrie, Kyrie probably he doesn't answer the questions the, the way the media wants him to. And then so they they paint this picture about him. And as far as DeAndre Jordan, the situation, I think that Jared Allen is a better player. And you know, he's nine years younger. He's actually more active than DeAndre. DeAndre's definitely gonna get you a double double rebounds, but he's tailing off a little bit defensively. And so, like, I don't think that you should put your young franchise play on, on on the bench. But, you know, with with superstars comes superstar influence, so they had to make that move. And then when the coach wasn't trying to, you know, 
listen, I guess, and they just had to make they just had to make it make a, a change, make something happen. Yeah, and also uh Alan King, even though yes, he, he's definitely a great player, he can come off the bench and be one of the best six men in the league this this year at least, you know, because he can still get a lot of minutes even if he's not starting, just like the Clippers do with Montres Harrell and Lou Williams, right? Like those two are are playing more minutes than than any other player except for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So I think they can definitely still make that lineup work where Allen is on the floor most of the time. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So you think that um Dion Wade is actually going to play um sometime this week, or is this going to wait a couple more weeks or a couple more games? I think he might come in and play tomorrow against the Rockets. Just get him in there for a few minutes. You know, I I feel like he's he he should be ready to go and and get some playing time even at the end of the game or or maybe in the first quarter or second quarter or something just to get him in there and play with the guys during a game yeah i'm i'm skeptical on him but i also know that he can get a basket he's definitely a um high risk high reward type of player so i'm i'm going to hold out judgment on Deion waiters until you know he he shows what he can do he can help this team if he's focused and he's locked in and he realizes this is probably his last chance to get a, a good solid NBA career going or, you know, on a championship level team. I think like Dwight Howard, I think he needs to, you know, really accept whatever role the Lakers have for him, whether he's going to play minutes or he, or or he's not going to play that many minutes. Talent-wise, he could be starting on this as a shooting guard on this team because he's he's that good dynamic guard, can can get you a basket, can can heat up and, and carry teams for stretches. So we we should see what what he's going to do. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. I wasn't too happy about how they did it. I felt like Troy Daniels had been putting in really good work yeah. in the beginning of this of the season. You know, putting up shots. He was one of the their best shooters. So you know, I get it. You have to let somebody go to bring in somebody else. But I don't know if that was necessary. I feel like the Lakers had really good chemistry. They had good players. And this just kind of changes things up a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed with the Clippers, I feel like they've made so many moves that their chemistry is a little bit different now with different players on the lineup. Yeah, I think they, I, I still think the Clippers are, are a scary team. You know, um, I wouldn't write them off because of the chemistry issues. Like I, I've always said this, when it's contending teams in the NBA, they're only built for three months, and that's April, May, and June. So I wouldn't really take this, whatever they're going on right now in March, I wouldn't take it, you know, as serious as most a lot of fans are. Let's talk about LeBron James. You know, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. You know, another solid night for LeBron. But what a, he missed a, a nice a chippy layup, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had it. He had it. I don't know. You know, he's he's so dominant that whenever he misses something like that, right, we're, we're so shocked. We're like, what the hell? Like, he does so many good things on the floor. And then an easy one like that is just like, damn, you were right there. But then also Anthony Davis missed an open three, right? So the game, like I said earlier, it was very close. The Lakers could have won it, but sometimes the ball just doesn't go in. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, I'm a big believer in that, you know, these players are there for a reason in the NBA. You know, 
since 19, since the beginning of the NBA has only been 5,000 players. These, this is a special type of talent to play in the NBA. And I chalk it up to, you know, any team on any given night can lose. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you got to think about it. A lot of the top teams in the NBA are losing games. And, like, you know, the Knicks is winning three or five, whatever, you know. It's, it's just crazy how how you know good these players are and that and if you don't show up and you don't compete you can you can definitely um lose a game. Yeah, and every top team in the league always brings out the best out of anybody they play, right? Anybody, especially the the teams that are not winning many games or like the Nets that are fighting for that eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, they want to show up and they want to give the Lakers everything they got just to, to prove a point that they deserve to be in the Yeah, playoffs. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the Nets are in seventh right now. Um, okay. That was a big win for them. You know, the Lakers The Lakers are fine. You know, they're they, they going to lock up the number one seed. And they're actually, what, like a game and a half behind for the number one overall seed or something. So the, the, the Lakers are fine. This is just one of those bump and road games. I thought that they was going to win out until they got to Oklahoma City. I thought that game was going to be the trap game. But apparently it was the Nets game last night, you know. I, th- I, you know, just I <laughs> yeah. guess it's, it's just yeah. like that, man. You know, they get that third score, they will win that game, though. They third score, that's what they're missing. Oh. Yeah, definitely. And and I I felt like you know players missed open shots, and and that had a huge uh, you know impact in the game. Yeah. And, st- and staying and staying on LeBron, you know, he he kind of um had some interesting comments about the coronavirus, about you know if fans wasn't showing up and that he wasn't going to play, but. He really um, backed away from this. And the coronavirus is a, is a crazy situation. You know, I kind of think it's overblown a bit, but I'm also taking it serious because I don't want to, you know, be affected or get sick or any or worse. So, you know, um, what you think about at all these leagues, you know, closing games out, um, closing games out to the public? And we also just got news that, you know, the Golden State Warriors are banning um, fans from the um, Golden State Warrior games. So they are the first team pretty much to to um empty out the arena for the next game. Yeah, this is a it's a scary time because I feel like we don't want to put too much importance into it, right? We still want to live our lives and 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 enjoy the things that we're doing, but the reality is that a lot of people are getting sick and a lot of people are dying and from obviously the news and everything that we read, there's all these different stories going around. But I honestly think that this is just the beginning, right? You know, every every day we see more, more, more and more of it. And I, until we see it come down, we can't really like take a step back from it. So with the with the leagues, with the NBA, baseball, hockey, right, football, like all these leagues, they're gonna have to make a choice of either they're all in or they're all out of having fans watching the game. And I think they're leading towards not having fans there just because of the the ability of that virus yeah. to to spread so much easier when you have a lot of people together in, in such yeah, a small Yeah, um, the Ivy League band, um, they canceled the tournament and awarded um, Yale as the winner of their conference tournament in, in college. So, you know, a lot of leagues is, um, you know, they're they, they going with this. Like, NBA's closed the locker rooms to just, you know, essential personnel, you know, um, the MAC tournament is um, closed off to public. Uh, just a bunch of college conference tournaments is closed off, and I'm with it. You know, like if if this is what it takes 
to help to help people and um you know keep people healthy keep people safe then I, i'm all for it i don't want to you know hear that you know somebody in the arena got you know the coronavirus and as easily as it's just spreading to anybody you know it'll be crazy when they was talking about like you know curry had the flu i, I was kind of worried i was like i hope you know this this ain't this ain't hitting the nba you know it's just scary, like how it started in China and now it's just all over the world. And um, the World Health Organization, you know, called just officially named it a pandemic today. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I honestly think it's just the beginning. And China was obviously able to contain it because of the way their government yeah. is set up. Right. When the government says something, you get it done. Over here in the U.S., it's a little bit harder. So so I definitely think that just all these steps that the sports are taking in order to make sure that their athletes are staying safe and the fans are staying safe are, are good, are good things to do. Even though as fans, we might not be happy about not being able to go and watch a game. We can still obviously watch it on TV, which if we're, we're stuck at home, you know, if we can't go to uh, work because whatever we're feeling sick or they're also, you know, telling us to take time off, then at least we have some sports to watch TV Watching TV yet? You know, I want to see a nationally televised game with with no one in the arena. I have to see that. That would be, I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, really? that would be interesting. You know, just hearing the ball bouncing and like players screaming at each other and no fans, no fans cheering. cheering right? That that'd be that'd be crazy to be honest. I know unfortunate situation, but like just like just thinking about it would be. I I would think that would be insane. Whether he's going to play like like some fake music, fake crowd, or whatever. I don't even understand how how can a player get up for for a type of um for for that type of game and then oh what if um somebody just scores like eighty three points or something and um you know nobody wasn't there to see it <laughs> yeah no it's crazy it's crazy man but you know it's it's gonna be um an interesting next few months for us to to see how everything plays out and what if this is still going on until the playoffs you know and finals and and what did the Lakers end up in the finals? And you can't go watch the game. Like, that would be such a good Yeah, thing. I also was reading that um, Adam Silver was actually talking about postponing games until, and just moving things back and, you know, just ceasing all operations. So that that'll be that'll be crazy as well. You know, like, uh, like I, I hope they get this under control. You know, n- normally these things are under control. The coronavirus has been around for years. It's just it's time now. You know, before it was, you know, Ebola or SARS or, you know, or, or you know, um, MRSA or whatever. So it's just, it's just, it's time. But for some reason, everybody's just going crazy over this one. Yeah. And we're seeing the impact of it, right? I think that's the, the, the scariest part that people are dying. And, and uh, I, I heard that in China, they're initially, they were getting a lot of, people um that were dying that were older right so it was thought about it being a a, a a virus that was infecting just older people but now 40 year olds are presenting um, with that coronavirus so like who knows where it's gonna end up right and if kids get it like maybe they're not gonna die because they have they're still healthy their immune system's healthy but they still have it and they can spread it to yeah we, we we definitely we definitely don't want that so everybody that's listening to this podcast Wash your hands. Take care of yourself. You know, stay on point with your hygiene. Do extra. Carry some Perel hand sanitizer, which I know is not in the stores, you know, but 
try to find some. If you, you know, walk into a doctor's office, you know I me, mean, wash your hands or something, you know, they, they have them. You just got to find them. It's just kind of crazy that you know, I went to Costco's and everything was out. They had nothing there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's going crazy for, for the Purell and, and the toilet paper and water. Like, all this stuff is selling out. Yeah, man. So, hey, let's talk about this whole Dwayne Wade situation. You seen him on, M- on NBA on TNT last night and – um. Somebody asked him, I think it was Shaq, asked him, was he going to the, his son's state championship game? And he was like, no, he won't be there because uh, my son's not playing. And he said that he didn't want to do nothing to the coach, but he will, he will be rooting for the kids, but he won't be there. Like, what do you think about that, um, you know, as far as parents being um, being like this so-and-so involved in a sports um, situation? I honestly like it. You know, I think – I, two, there's two points. So first is the the idea, the 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 concept of just like your parents being involved with you as a young athlete, you know, and you're still in school. I feel like a lot of kids don't have that support from yeah. their parents. Either you know their parents are working, so they don't have time to be there at their games and participate, you know, with them and cheer for them. So I think just that alone, just seeing Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, and, you know, and and their wives being there for their kids' games, I love that. I love yeah. seeing that. The, the second point is just that when you have superstars like that, they have a different level of influence, right? So then that I, I'm, I'm not too much a fan of because at that point, it's just like, well, let the coaches do their job, you know, and, and let, the, let the kids play and, and just see what happens, you know. But if you as a superstar are influencing what the coaches are doing, that's something that I definitely don't like. Yeah, I think that is, is tough for, for Zaire, Zaire Wade to play because – I don't know if you know um, a bunch of high school ball, but I'll break it down to you. Um, Zaire Williams, he's a he's number seven. He's ranked number seven in the United States right now. You know, in the ESPN uh, 150. You know, that's the guy that hit the game winner. Actually, then they got um, BJ Boston. He's another five star prospect. I think he's like top nine. You know, and they got another one named Taron Frank. He's a four star prospect. He just signed with TCU. BJ Boston signed with Kentucky, and um, they got a young a young fella named Amari Bailey's top 10 prospect in, in the class of 22. And then we can't even forget about LeBron Jameson, who's, um, you know, he's talented, but he's even overshadowed by the, um, by the standouts on Sierra Kane high school's roster, you know? Um, but you know, Zaire Wade is a pretty good player. He has DePaul, uh, Nebraska, Rhode Island and university of Toledo. He has those offers and everything. And, um, you know, I think it's a tough situation, but I, I kind of think that Dwayne Wade's comments about, you know, basically threatening the coach, was definitely out of line. You know, my brother, he has um, two sons that play Division One college basketball. Jerron plays at um, UC Irvine, and Ron the Third plays at CSUN. They don't really play that much. Ron just takes himself completely out of the situation and, and things, you know. And that's what parents, you know, should do with their kids is let the coaches coach, and and um, and that's that. And um, to the kids, you know, just just figure it out. You know, work hard and you know, earn your, earn your keep. Yeah, man, Daniel, this is crazy. I actually graduated from Cal State Northridge last oh, year wow. in May. And, and my last semester there, I graduated with an athletic training bachelor's degree. So last semester I worked with the, with the CSUN men's basketball team. So I worked around our test. Okay, all cool. The That's time. awesome. That's awesome, Edwin. So, um, so let's, let's, let's talk about, um, Lamine Diane. I, I, I know I said his name wrong. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, no, you actually said it said it correctly. Uh, you know, that's how you say it. But uh, Lamine, he he has Diane, and in French, I Renee, think it's yeah. Renee, something like that. I think that kid, he's an NBA player, and he needs to leave CSUN this year. Like, there's nothing more he can do. He's two time player, two time player of the year oh, in the yeah. conference. You know, averaging twenty five and ten. Last year, he averaged twenty four and eleven. Like, there's nothing more for this kid to do. He he he's out of it. He reminds me of Pascal Siakam, man. He's he's just a talented guy, man. Oh yeah, he is a baller, man. He he when he's playing yeah. games, his mentality, like he's so focused on the game. I I saw him hit a a, a game tying. Uh, three pointer last year, like real life, and, and it was just one of the craziest shots I've ever seen anybody make. It was just like a fadeaway three with two people right on his face, hands up, and that went in, man. And every, everybody was just, just like rocking the whole court. It was just insane seeing him play. But yeah, he's just got a killer instinct in him. Inside in the post, he's unstoppable. Like he he can throw up the ball like in any any way you can think of. Um, he's got a crazy fadeaway, but yeah, offensively and rebounding, I think that those two are are his game. Like he can he can do that. Like yeah, yeah, I know, I know he has a funky form on it, a funky release on his jump shot that you know NBA teams are going to work on. But he's going to go so overlooked in this draft, and, it, and it's a shame because he's such a talent, man. He's one of the top five best players in the United States in college basketball right now. That and nobody knows about him. You know, I was telling my friends, I'm like, yo, yeah. I like this kid, man. And I, I'm sending them videos. They're like, he's nice. I'm like, yo, look up his numbers. I'm sending them the numbers. And they're like, yo, who is this guy? And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, man, he's he's a he's a serious player. He she he if he was at a bigger school putting up these numbers, he would be like a top five draft pick. He's quick. He got he got the he got the first jump, he got the second jump. You know, he he's he could do it all, you know. Once he gets that release on his jump shot fix, I think that he's going. He's going to be a problem. He's going to definitely have an NBA career, man. I'm looking forward to watching him. Yeah, and I agree with you in in the Siakam, you know, comparison because he does have that length, right, and that ability to just be all over the court, you know, and 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 just he has good vision to to help out on defense as well and use his yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So before we get out of here, Edwin, you know, we we met on this Anchor Podcast app. You know, I left a message for you, and then, you know, we, we was going back and forth. So tell me, like, your podcasting background. What made you decide to get into podcasting? Yeah, man, thank you. Uh, I appreciate the time here uh, with you. But I have been listening to podcasts for maybe going on three years now consistently. Part of that was driving to Cal State Northridge and driving back home. Just I was in the in the car for you know thirty plus minutes, so I, so that's how I got into podcasts. And uh, I've always been a Laker fan, and so I've always had that in my mind. Like, why don't I start something where, where I'm expressing myself, my opinions and, and sharing it with other people and, and just kind of see what happens with that. And um, so finally, I, I had the courage to finally do it, you know, this year that that's really how, how it happened. I had had it in my mind for a long time. I just, I was always questioning myself like, nah, nobody's going to listen to it. Like, I don't know what to say, but then now it's just like, man, I'm just going to do it because at the end of the day, like, uh, it's about having fun. It's about, like, enjoying life and, and doing things that you want to do. And for me, I've always been a Lakers fan. I like podcasts. And so now 
you know, I'm just trying to start something for myself. At the end of the day, it's just me talking about the Lakers, something that I enjoy. And if I get to meet people like yourself that also like talking basketball and we can collaborate, well, then that that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Like connecting, sharing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I started podcasting because I just got tired of watching the sports media, man. And um, how everything is just not about the game no more. It's just about the drama that surrounds the game. So it kind of frustrated me. And then so instead of instead of worrying about that problem, I just decided to podcast as a solution. You know, so I just started I started like like the day after Thanksgiving. And I started off really, really small, a little bit um, here and there. And then I took like a month off because I wasn't too sure if I if I wanted to dive into podcasting. But now, like you know, since New Year, I just been dropping content after content, and I'm up to episode. This is actually episode thirty, so you know, I'm I'm really excited about it, and I'm getting better at, at it every week. I think the most frustrating part about it so far is just taking notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. And and so for me, uh, with the Daily Laker, I I'm doing it scripted where like I'm I'm writing, you know, my intro and then I'm writing about the stats of the previous game and when the next Laker game is. And then I have like stuff that's in the news. I'm looking at articles, reading and then kind of expressing my opinion about it. And then uh, I'm also doing like a, a Mamba mentality of the day thing where I'm I'm bringing up Kobe Bryant just because. Kobe Bryant was such a, a huge inspiration and part of my life growing up, watching him play all the time. And um, and, and so I don't want that uh, to be forgotten. And I, I want to honor his life, you know, in, in that Mamba mentality type of way where I'm bringing something up about him and, and keep him relevant. And uh, to me, like, that's what keeps me inspired. Yeah, exactly. So let's, like let's, let's talk about Kobe real quick. You know, like, I had the pleasure of being around him for a couple of years while uh, Meta was on the Lakers. And he was really a nice guy. You know, he was just serious about the job at hand. You know, like once he once he put that uniform uniform on, whether it's practice uniform or or game uniform, he was he was serious. But after that, he was a, a really nice guy. And I wish. Like, like a lot of people got to see it after he retired, you know, and um, I wish more people would have got to see it and stuff, to see the Kobe that, that I saw, you know, just going up to him, talking, picking his brain about basketball. And I remember when I tried out for the Lakers summer league team, you know, he was giving me pointers on the triangle offense and he was also, you know, just, you know, giving me, you know, wishing me good luck and stuff and, and reaching out. It was, it was really nice of him, you know, and um, we was supposed to play one-on-one during those Lakers days. Cause I always ask them. I'm like, Kobe, listen, I'm stronger than meta. I will take you in the posting and I will, I will score on you five times in a row, but that never, that never came, that never came to fruition. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been fun to, to have, to have do it. I think I would have though, because I am kind of, I am kind of strong. Like I'm kind of like, um like a six foot three, uh, six foot four Zion Williamson type, whatever. And, um, you know, so I, I played basketball and went overseas myself. I played in Germany, Greece, and China. So I, I, I actually have some type of skill. But Kobe, you know, was, was a really nice guy. He's going to be missed. It was hurt. It was hurt, you know, upon hearing that news of, of his death. And it's just crazy that we got to talk and, you know, and say, hey, um, Kobe Bryant's dead. Like, that will always just sting me, you know? Yeah, I agree with you, man. That was one of the hardest days for me on, you know, on the 26th of January. My dad actually died on the mm. 21st of January. So there was a lot for me going on that, that month. And uh, my, the reason I got into basketball and the Lakers and Kobe was because of my dad, because he was a fan and he watched them. And so he got me into it. And 
you know, before he died, one of the things he thought about was how much I was going to be hurt of Kobe Bryant's death, you know, and, and then he died. But anyways, the, the, the point here is just that, yeah, Lakers, you know, have been part of my life for a long time. And it seems like it's, uh, they've been part of yours as well. So, um, yeah, having, having seen Kobe uh, as player was fun, but I think we definitely got to see a little bit uh, of a different side of him outside of basketball once he was retired and and you got to see that you know before the public did right you you got to hang out with him and spend some time with him and really got to know like who he was and, and how much he cared about people and and helping helping them out and we saw that with with his daughter and and with other NBA players and and their kids and how he would teach them you know you know some things here and there so um what what I really want to remember uh you know after he retired is like all the things that he did in his media company, Granity Studios, the podcast, The Punies, and his books, and uh, the detail show that he had. So there's so many things that he did outside of basketball that um, that he was just getting started with, you know, a, another career that he was building for himself where you can see that that focus and that mama mentality that he had where he just wanted to make content and help kids out and inspire them to continue to play yeah, sports. Yeah, exactly. And, I, have, I have the original that. book, the first one. I know they have they have a second one. I just can't find it. It's been um hard to hard to find. But yeah, man, Kobe post basketball career was amazing. You know, like winning the Oscar, like that that just on, on accident he just stumbled across winning an Oscar, which is actually pretty awesome, man. And um, yeah, he's gonna be missed, man. Also, sorry about the loss of your father too, man. You know, praise is gonna be. You know, I will be thinking about you, your family, and praying for your family. You know, because I know it's still roaring and everything. And then you know. With the loss of Kobe, I know it was definitely definitely tough. And I was speaking to other Laker fans. You know, I'd be on Twitter a lot, and I've befriended a lot of Laker fans, and they took this loss hard. You know, one they was just reaching out to me, and you know, calling me, and we was just talking for like hours on the phone, and just about this whole entire situation. And um, I did a podcast with um my guy Ray from the no look pass and he, you know, he was struggling with it. We would talk for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Sometimes it's just okay to just talk to just, to just, you know, get away from it for a while and, and, and just, you know, show some type of love. Like I did a whole podcast remembering Kobe with, um, with some, with some guys. We had like four people in the podcast and um, it came out. It was a really good thing to, to honor him, you know, I like what you do on how you honor him during every every podcast and stuff. So, what what how was you was going to honor him today? Like, what story you was going to talk about? So today, um, and then thank you. Uh, I appreciate you know what you're saying about Kobe and my dad yeah, and no all problem, of that. Brother. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but today, uh, I'm I basically just talking about like the the first championships that Kobe one with Shaq from the 1999 to 2004 season where, where they went to the finals four times. They had five seasons where they, you know, won more than 50 games and, and Kobe Bryant, you know, on Shaq obviously won three of those championships and uh, just, just how he was able to solidify his, his, you know, ability to play ball as a, as a young Kobe, right. He was still under the age of 26. Um, and, and after that, after 2004 is where like things got derailed a little bit where Shaq got traded. So it was just kind of like, like that memory of like the first. Yeah. I think when when Shaq left, I think it was a lot of, 
Oh man, it was a lot of wasted years for Kobe, man, because he was doing some phenomenal stuff, scoring and everything, and, and you know, just trying to keep his team in contention. And that was tough that they couldn't get a player in, you know, real soon. You know, like if they just to just let Shaq go like that, it could have been nice to to come up on a, like a trade or something to get. I mean, I know they got some players back. I know they had Lamar Odom in a deal, which actually helped them win the title and stuff. But sometimes I just felt like maybe they could have like got something else. Like you know, this is Shaq we're talking about. You could have got a a crazy haul. I think now if they would have did that trade in this era, it would have been a bunch of draft picks, you know, like, and, and, um, for, for, for Shaq this time around. But yeah, man, like that, that first three P team was, was, was scary, man. Like they was like one of the best teams ever. I, I don't think that the Michael Jordan Bulls could beat them. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you because, Shaq was just unstoppable. Nobody could could guard him. He can do whatever he wanted, right? And then to have Kobe, you know, begin to to just show that killer instinct to to you know just be able to take any shot he wanted and yeah. be confident that it was going to go in. I mean, yeah, that team was was legit. And the last year where they had Gary Payton and Karl Malone, I remember the whole season. I was just excited to see all four of them playing, but you know, it didn't pan out. They weren't able to get a a chip that year, but just that that season to me was was fun to 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 just watch all four like Hall of Famers be on the same team, and I think that was the first time that I saw that many like great players in one team. Yeah, yeah, so it, that was it, exciting. It, 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 like when Carl Malone was on the Lakers, I was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh, they're gonna win it all." But then the team chemistry, and that I always tell that to people. I'm like. You know, dynasties in the NBA really don't last that long. Boston was just an anomaly because of, you know, the era of basketball. They just had a lot of good players and other teams didn't. You know, but I always tell people all the time that basketball, you can't you can't master it because it'll always happen. Like I can even bring up some examples like with um with the nineties Bulls. You know, there was a dynasty, but mental exhaustion for Michael Jordan forced him to leave. You know, and then um, you know, it's always team chemistry issues. Like even with uh, with Shaq and Kobe, you know, it's always like that. Or you can even say team team chemistry issues with Michael Jordan. They won three, and then the the team ownership was like, all right, we don't want you no more, Jordan. So you got to go, whatever, or you retire, or whatever. There's always something like that with the Golden State Warriors. Injuries killed that killed that dynasty. They won four straight. You know, it, it's hard. Like it's always going to be either chemistry issues. You know, you'll be mentally exhausted, you know, or 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 injury. So, like, there's never been, there's never been a, a, a team since Boston to really just take over it. And I and I doubt it. It won't happen because they don't make them. They don't. The basketball gods won't make a the perfect player. Like you know, like even with LeBron James, like as good as he is, he is a second tier clutch gene play i won't say top tier like michael jordan and kobe and stuff like that but he's a second tier that's a hindrance you know what i'm saying and as well as him you know not being able to make free throws or shoot threes like like steph curry like it's, it's always something like you you can't master it you know what i'm saying so i just think the bet the game of basketball is so amazing about like before for those reasons man you know yeah and that's one thing that I love about basketball, the complexity complexity of it. Like you, you feel like everything's under control and then all of a sudden something goes wrong, right? And an injury or in, during the game, you know, mistakes are, are being made and your mentality is not there. So I actually started coaching this season at Marsh, okay. John Marshall High School in Los Feliz. 
and I coached okay. the freshman sophomore team there. And I did that because I I wanted to give back. I, I graduated from that high school, so I wanted to come in and just kind of give back to the community and, and the kids that were growing up in that area. And it was a great experience, man. But, you know, something that we don't see as fans um, is, is, the, is what goes on behind behind the game right and we don't really know these players one-on-one or what their families are like and that's one thing that I got to work with as a coach I got to meet the moms of the you know the young you know players 14 15 year olds and and their families and and you know they there was there's always things going on that we don't see you know family issues and uh, and and so so that's just something that I I've yeah that's awesome that you're coaching. I always basketball. wanted to coach. I just do player consultations. You know what I'm saying? I'm like a um I say e mentoring. You know what I'm saying? Because I mentor people over the phone. I have a player that plays Division three who, who won player conference player of the year in his conference. I was about twenty five and nine. So I just give him a lot of um you know I just take him under the wing and talk to him. You know just getting him through his season and things and um i'm also working with young kids like that as far as like you know 12 13 year olds that 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 want to play and um also looking towards you know working with the female basketball players because we need to you know pick them up and, and hold them up because there's a lot of talented females out there and i feel like they just don't get their just do you know oh yeah i see that all the time even at the high school level right like we uh, the we we see the 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 men's basketball team get most of the the hype, you know, and then the girls' basketball team, it, it's just kind of there, you know. But I definitely got to know the coaches and got to work with some of the girls. I'm an athletic trainer, so whenever injuries happen, you know, the coaches kind of look to me to help them out and try to figure out what's going on, refer them, and all all, all of those things. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's definitely fun to be able to help the the younger generations you know we're, we're getting older we're getting wiser and and we're, we've learned a lot of things and so to be able to pass down that knowledge it's it's a, it's a great thing that we're doing and i think you being able to do that um online you know or through the phone or remotely is gonna be you know good for you to to scale and be able to help others yeah uh, yeah, you know, yeah. In an easier way. you know just trying to take you know do one to do my best to give back you know but yeah, man, it was nice having you on the podcast, man. Edwin, let everybody know how they can reach you. Yeah, thank you again, Daniel. So, um, I I have this podcast called The Daily Laker, and you guys can reach me at uh, the Active Variable. So you can find that on Twitter, Instagram, or even uh, on email, theactivevariable at gmail dot com. So the Active Variable is just something else that I'm building out where um, uh, I'm talking to healthcare professionals, young, young healthcare professionals, and I'm talking about how their, their experience was um, going from a student to a professional. And again, I'm trying to reach the younger community, the high school students or early or young high school grads that still don't know what they want to do in life. And my goal with this podcast is just to, to talk to, to these young healthcare professionals and hear about how they've been managing that that life and hopefully one of these um, um, young people young adults that listens to this podcast can can hear it and be like damn like I'm interested in athletic training now or I'm interested in nursing I just feel like these careers are very rewarding and uh, you know you get paid 
uh, pretty good working in them. And at the same time, the active variable is about like staying active. So I'm always asking them, uh, you know, what's your favorite activity and why? Just because everybody's got different activities. You know, you, there's rock climbing and there's basketball and there's running and there's badminton. So there's so many different sports. And so I think we've, we've gotten to a point where the younger generations, they're either like active or they're sedentary. And I want to get these sedentary, um, you know, young people active. And so hopefully my podcast can help some of these uh uh, young adults out so the daily Lakers is just all about lakers but the active variable is more about you know helping um young adults and and pushing them to stay active and and to try and figure out all what right they cool do man well yeah like i said thanks for joining the podcast and y'all know y'all can find me at the daniel artes podcast on facebook you know we got almost 2100 members inside of that group edwin you got to come in and join also i'm on instagram at daniel artes pod as well as twitter at Daniel Artest Pod. And with that being said, I want to thank Edwin from the Daily Laker. You know, follow him. Follow the active variable on social media. And, you know, that's it for this podcast, Edwin. And we will definitely chat soon. All right. You thank too, you, brother. Daniel. I Peace. appreciate it, man. Have a good day.